You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It is the 24th of September, 2015, and uh, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, and we've missed you. So sorry, we've had a two-week hiatus from doing a live show for, uh, you know, several personal, technical, and judicial reasons. <laughs> our, last last week, our uh, our our producer was uh, had jury duty. For real, we got a David Mim interview, a recorded David Mim interview in last week, and funnily enough, Dave uh, David Mim releases the uh, 2015 Local Search Ranking Factors report today. <laughs> I think nice. today would have been a day to, but, <laughs> to have that. We're going to do that. <laughs> He needs this to is tell our first us. live show in two weeks. I know. It's great. How you been doing, man? I've been doing fantastic. And, of course, uh, you know, a lot can happen in a couple weeks. <laughs> so, a, uh, a lot can. Thinking. And here's the problem. We can't cover what happened in the last couple of weeks because a lot happened in the last couple of days. <laughs> Remember, I mean, the heck, when we went on hiatus, we were like, we were complaining about how little happened in the industry. Today, we have more stories than we have time. It happens. So where, let's, let's jump right in, Jim. Where would you like to start? You know, I think I want to start with the good stuff. <laughs> it's all good stuff. Um, there was a really good piece in Search Engine Land today. I am so glad, I got, I'm so glad this got published. It was by uh, Glenn Gabe. How to find queries per URL using the search analytics report in Google Search Console, formerly, formerly known as Webmaster Tools. This is a great article. I'm, uh, just to make sure that you're on page, so to speak, I'm going to throw that up in our, in our private chat window, Dave. But I've got it up in front of me. Glenn gives a step-by-step how-to to finding your keywords 
per page, like, you know, a URL is ranking well, you want to know what keywords it's ranking for, check this article out. Again, it's at Search Engine Land. It was published uh, today at 9.30 this morning Eastern. So um, it's the third or fourth story down on their list today. But it's... uh, I love articles like this, and you know, I, th- I think the industry's got to got to say thanks to Glenn Gabe for uh, for publishing this. Um, I'd like to actually, I want to go through it on the air, but I don't think we should because it's mu- it's a multiple steps. But by the end of it, you have a comprehensive look at what keywords people are using to get to any individual URL and that's ranking on your page. It's true. It's it's great when somebody publishes a piece. You know, I I know you've. You know, obviously putzed around in there and, and seen similar areas. They've made some changes recently to to the way things display. Um, I know you've putzed around, I, but I, I think these articles are great. Um, and, you know, and, and sometimes for people like you or I, or probably a lot of our listeners, a nice little refresher. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> like I, I can go in there. Um, but more importantly, I think for people who have no idea what's inside. Um, search console. I hate calling it search console. Just going to say that one last time. I, I hate it. It's, it's webmaster yeah. tools. But formerly known as webmaster tools. Um, but one of the things that I'd forgotten, or or either, or it's been added. Like this is the first time I'm seeing it. And it's like maybe I just missed it in, in my looking through, or maybe it's there. But it's like right. You can go down by device type, um, which is great. So you can look at a page, look at your keywords, look at those keywords by device type. I mean, this is this is some great stuff. Um, highly recommended for anybody who doesn't know their way through Search Console to find your keyword data. Uh, yeah, mandatory reading. Well, it's and another thing that's important about an article like this, uh, especially in relation to a tool like Search Console, as a reporting tool, Search Console is depend uh, structures the data it returns to you based on the last commands you gave it. For instance, you can add a number of filters to uh, to the, 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 the data that you're looking at through Search Console, and the order you add the filters determines how the data will appear to you. So this is one of the... This is like a recipe, a, 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 very, a very exacting recipe. You want to follow the steps one by one and do them in the right order. Yep. And then, you know, towards the end, he, uh, he gives another method where you can sort of flip things around. And instead of looking, uh, you, can, uh, you can find the URLs that are matching various search queries. So the first one shows which queries brought you to any given URL. The second one, the second method that, that, that Gabe explains is URLs that match search queries. So these URLs will likely come up and get placements with the search query. It's an incredible tool when you, you know, heck, if you just want to impress your client. But I think <laughs> it's an incredible tool to actually drill down and research and, and find out what your real targets are. You know, indeed, indeed. No, okay. and I think something that's important too for for people who they think they know their keywords. Um, Search Console is a great resource to find out. Well, a what what you're not thinking about that's driving traffic, which happens a lot, um, and b help you isolate because they show you your average position for each one, right? So giving you that opportunity to scan through there, catch things that might not be in your ranking reports or whatever you're using, or or your eyeballs if you're running manual searches and going. What's in position six or what's in position eleven? <laughs> like, let's go for those next. 
Indeed. And you, you, know, you can take this information and you can combine it with, um, with uh, conversion or revenue information that you're getting out of uh, Google Analytics. And you can really seriously hone in on the pages or the, the, key, or the, the keywords that are going to bring conversions to you. Oh, indeed. Indeed. And you know what? Speaking, uh, you bring it up. Nice segue. You're bringing up analytics. Uh, let's talk analytics. It was a, a change. You, you brought it to my attention. Um, Google Analytics changes. I walked in. I had a bunch of site changes to do. So, you know, this, uh, this come anyway, change to hourly default view for behavior data. Yeah. Good, bad, indifferent. Um, I like it because I tend to look at hourly views to see spikes and patterns in daily traffic. Um, I spend a lot of time in the daily view. Uh, I also, you know, you can use daily view to sort of predict what a day's traffic is going to be like. Right. Um, so yeah, I like it. It makes me, I, if you're looking at user behaviors, it's good to know the what's and when's, especially the when's of user behavior. Well, indeed. I mean, that's that's always always hand, right? What time of day, you know, that sort of thing. Heck, helps even if you're just working on uh, deploying some new content or oh. making some major site changes. Look to the time that's low, right? Or or, or whatnot. Absolutely. Um, but Remember, what do you think? we're like, all as, publishers now. I mean, that's what Google's thinking. We're all publishers. We are, so, but on on the other side, do you think when we're dealing with you're dealing with your clients? I'm dealing with my clients. Let's imagine that those clients like to go in. Um, to their own analytics. Now, if you really don't know a lot about analytics, you just monitor, you know, like a lot of clients do. They don't really know. They just kind of like to go in and see what, what visitors are, are doing. Do you think this level is going to cause, and, and I do, um, almost more confusion or more um, questions rather than the, the daily, which was the default? Well, yeah, but I mean, that'll, that'll, that'll get cleared up with a couple of phone calls, but it's five to ten minutes of your life you're never going to get back per client. Yeah, and you know what? Maybe that's what Google's trying to do. Let's just keep these people busy. Let's keep them on the phone. <laughs> well, who can blame Google? There was there was another search engine land article. Now, I, I, before before I go on, I, I, I want to note um, that the, the the headline is tongue in cheek. This is meant to be uh, meant to be funny. Um, the author is not actually suggesting you do this, but. Since there are webmasters and SEOs out there who do do such things, and who can blame Google for like trying to keep us busy all day long, eh? Yeah. <laughs> I, I know the title you're going to. I love it. How to trick Google into thinking you're mobile friendly. <laughs> That's depressing, huh? That, the headline, I didn't saw that. The headline itself just depressed me. Oh, yeah, but it's, it's clickbait. You needed to go there. <laughs> uh, yep, <laughs> you got you got that right. <laughs> um, first of all, before you start thinking about tricking Google into um, believing you're mobile friendly, maybe you might want to trick yourself into making a mobile friendly website. <laughs> Just it's, <laughs> it's good for you. It's good for people who are using mobile. It's good for it's good for Google. It's good for everyone. So just do it, and don't try to trick Google. But if you did want to trick Google, <laughs> you're going to get it, by the way. Like, they're going to see around this somehow, especially since uh, Brian Muner wrote this article today and published it in Search Engine Land, which I'm pretty sure Google Googleites read once in a while. Um, 
If you want to do it, there's a way. It involves have it involves having an interstitial. I hate that word. I always mispronounce it. An interstitial page that leads to a mobile app that you can download to represent the website. Right. So the user, when they click on that link, and it reads mobile friendly in uh, in Google search results. And this uh, assumably gets the benefits of being mobile friendly. When you click the link, you don't actually go to a mobile friendly website. You go to a desktop or website with an interstitial saying "download this app." Anyway, there you go. <laughs> that's the way to do it. Again, just to, um, Brian um, makes it quite clear in the article that that's not what he recommends people do. But yeah, you can do it. But you can do it. <laughs> Probably not for long. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, we we had that conversation uh, a couple of weeks ago on mobile, and you know, Cindy was impressed, impressing that you know, apps may well be the mobile environment. Right. Actually, you know what? That that is a valid point. And if you're actually providing, as in the example, like you and I can both see some black hat, and I'm sure all of our listeners can, like, okay, and then using redirects from all sorts of weird stuff you could do. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that one application, it's actually uh, – yes, it's done wrong, but it's actually not a horrible application, right? Like the, the example that he had created for, uh, for the piece, right? It's, it is, as you point out, what Cindy was talking about in, okay, now we're just driving to the app, which is going to provide the best mobile experience um, because it's built for it specifically. So, uh, you know, there, there could be a legitimate argument for it, but I, I see so many opportunities to abuse it that – We'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, got we got a few minutes before we got to take our first break. Here's a here's a, here's a just sort of like a shorty. Um, you know how it you know, search is often, or especially organic search is often the uh, while it's still the most critical marketing channel, the one that always brings the most traffic to a website. Mm-hmm. It's not sexy anymore, right? Eh? I mean, <laughs> we're we're technicians and mechanics. We're the guys who show up in your who show up to work on your pipes and our butt crack. And you look at our butt cracks and go, "Oh my god, I invited this guy into my house." That's who we are, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, we sounds fair. Yeah, that's a good description. That's, yeah. <laughs> the point being, I mean, we're 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 technicians, wordsmiths, um, creative thinkers working in a area that doesn't get half its due. Because let's face it, we're we're geeks. It's hard to explain what we do, but it does bring results. So search has been seen as you know unsexy, uninteresting, um, not where the money is, even though it drives the greatest revenues for most websites. Every once in a while, you get a you know story that comes up. Uh, Again, this is a search engine land report, but it comes from uh, Comscore. And the uh, U.S. mobile app report suggests that Google is the fourth most popular app, but it's growing much faster than any other app out there. Google Search is the fourth most downloaded app um, on, on people's mobile devices, but its growth is the fastest of all the apps out there. Oh, that's kind of cool. 
worth worth noting because and and, and this is dr- driven me nuts. And I'm looking at the the top lists right now. If Facebook hadn't been annoying <laughs> and split up Facebook and Facebook Messenger, um, they'd be third. So Probably, and they'd be growing faster than uh, than Google. Um, Facebook may well have actually. I'm not going to say blown their play in the mobile space, but you know, put a, put an impediment on it, eh? Yeah. Oh, now 100%. the funny thing is the the Facebook mobile app was panned by users because of you know perceptions of privacy concerns and stuff. It could turn your camera on. It could turn your location device on. It could do a whole bunch of stuff to your phone automatically as part of its function. You know where. Um, its function of locating you or locating objects around you or, you know, whatever. The same thing that a whole bunch of other apps that people use do. Mm-hmm. But Facebook, because it's Facebook, got criticized badly by the public and, 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 and the Messenger app wasn't popular at all. I mean, it yeah, is it's, now. It's yeah. growing in popularity because it's <clears throat> Do you use it on your phone? I do, yeah. I, I do too, but you held out for a while, didn't you? I, I did, yeah. <laughs> I really, really did. I didn't like what, it. What if? And and by the way, Facebook mes- Facebook's Messenger app, which has been out for what eighteen months or so now, that sounds about right. It grew one hundred and forty four percent in twenty fifteen. Now, I suggest that that would have grown way faster <laughs> had it. Uh, and Facebook's uh, growth, Facebook's growth, the Facebook app in 2015, only 9% growth. So could you imagine if Facebook Messenger and Facebook app were put together and not separated at the fir- in the first place, what Facebook's app usage growth might have been over 2015? Right, if they hadn't annoyed us all. Yeah, yeah, far higher, far more user acceptance. And, and it's all about getting people using your set of tools to become comfortable with them and to put your information into them. And well, exactly. if, if whoever does that first, really, they conquer the environment until somebody comes along and does it better. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, 100%. I think it was a bad move. I mean, it annoyed me. Um, and they could have collected some additional data in the meantime. I did eventually, as you point out, um, end up succumbing. <laughs> and then it ate your battery, phone. didn't it? Yeah, it does. Uh, not as bad as Hearthstone, but, you know, pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> sorry. No worries. Um, Dave, we got to take a break. We're at 20 minutes past the hour. We have a new producer sitting in the house, and that's kind of cool. Hi, Hannah. Hi, Hannah. (laughs) Hannah's kind of shy, but she is sitting in the chair, and we want to be good to her by actually taking breaks when we're supposed to take breaks. So we're going to take a break, because we said we're going to take a break around now, and it's around now, so now we're going to do it. So on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You're listening to a live webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It's the 24th of September, 2015, and we're going to be back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Reinventing keyword research, simplifying campaign optimization, redefining competitive analysis. SpyFu brings you an entirely new way to find the most profitable keywords for your SEO and PPC campaigns. New tools, new data, and a brand new look. We've streamlined SpyFu so that you can optimize your search engine marketing more efficiently, more accurately, and more intuitively. Visit SpyFu.com, that's S-P-Y-F-U.com, and start downloading your competitors' keywords now. Try it free. 
Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at box speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. It's the uh, 24th of September, 2015. You listen to Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And Dave, you had the uh, privilege about a month ago. You were in Seattle at MozCon. Yep. And you had the privilege to interview uh, David Mim. Yeah, that interview went up on uh, went up on our show last week um, for a variety of reasons. We weren't able to do a show last week, but uh, we did get the interview with David Mim up. And you know, you want to talk to somebody who lives and breathes and knows local search. That's that that's him, David Mim. You could, you know, if David Mim should have a jingle, don't you think? That's him, David Mim. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, anyway, uh, Mr. Him, David Mim did it again. He at Moz.com uh, earlier today. He published the 2015 local search ranking factors, a extremely comprehensive list of uh, you know fifty to you know almost a hundred different types of ranking factors segmented into eight unique uh, categories. You know, business signals, um, location signals, on-page signals, signals from links, reviews, social signals, behavior from, you know, from uh, uh, users, and personalization. So moz.com slash local dash search dash ranking dash factors Again, that's moz.com slash local search ranking factors with dashes between all the words. What do you think, Dave? I mean, you 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 talked to David for uh, you know hours at in Seattle and in the interview. Did, did, yep. You had a chance to look at at this report. I have, I have indeed. Um, you know what? There's there's not a lot that's too surprising for most of us that have done this. There might be stuff that you don't think about specifically in a in a scenario, but um, not too much. You know. Localization factors, number one on his list, probably number one on all of our lists, is just the domain authority of your site. It has nothing really to do with local, but your ability to rank 
uh, is based on how strong your site is. <laughs> like, no, yep. no big surprises there. Um, but for anybody looking for sort of a to-do list, uh, yeah. he doesn't get into great, great detail on each specific point. You'll have to use your brain and hunt around for some additional information. Um, you know, it, which is also on various areas in the Moz site if you're looking for it. Uh, you know, credit words do. He wrote this thing, so I'll send you back there. But um, there's some great stuff, like uh, noting that, you know, or some obvious stuff, and, and you can carry it one step further, like talking about the city and state or, you know, province or whatnot that you're in, um, yeah. and the Google My Business page and, and its title and, and relating. Okay, all of these things make sense. Um, what he doesn't cover in the article and, and for, or in the, in the piece here, um, but for our listeners, something to pay attention to and, and to look elsewhere is also the consistency um, of everything, or at least I couldn't see it while I was looking through. I don't believe it's noted at all. Um, but also the consistency, right? Like you have your Google My Business page. Yes, that's important. But does that match up with your Better Business Bureau, right? Like I'm lucky I've always typed my address the exact same way. I don't know, maybe because I'm lazy, <laughs> but I don't have Suite 101 anywhere. It's 101 dash, right? 814. And then, and then off I go. Um, Although, I, just to just to jump in here, Dave. Yeah, it's worth noting. This is it's, you know this is an important uh, signal factor for localized organic uh, organic rankings, right? Yeah, You're I mean, it's the only one who writes your your business address. Several, uh, you know, maybe it's extracted from a phone book. Maybe your address has changed slightly. It's extracted from a phone book mm-hmm. or an old listing. Sometimes you have to do searches for your own business to see who's. Listing your address, how? Imagine, imagine the power of taking care of mislistings of your address on other oh. people's websites. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a few resources um, for it. Hey, for our listeners, and and you know what? It's it's because we're dealing with David Mim. There's there's a few of them out there, but because we're dealing with him, there's a, a handy one. If you go to moz.com/local, you can enter your business name and your zip. It says zip or postal code. That's for the UK. They're expanding into Canada, but for our Canadian listeners. Um, not there yet, uh, but you can enter it in, and it looks at a few of the top ones. This isn't an authoritative list, but it'll actually weigh off how consistent are the listings on some of the top um, areas. Yellow pages, Facebook. Uh, there you go. My business, obviously. So, yep, there you go. Um, it's, it's automation is amazing. There's so many great tools out there. There, there really are, and that one's uh, you don't even need to be a, a pro member or whatever. That's just a, a free tool you can you can go and use. Obviously, they have services related to local. They'd love for you to buy, um, but you don't have to. You can you can do it yourself, and they talk about that right there and and what to do, and they show you what's inconsistent. So it, it, it's a pretty handy tool. It's one of my like go tos if I'm just trying to show somebody really fast, um, you know, what they need to to fix in local. Now, uh, before we move on to another story, I I, I want to note. Uh, the six different lists that uh, David published in this report. The first one, the one that we were just talking about, the top 50 localized organic factors. And that's pretty cool. And one of the cool things I know I'm going to note here is that there's a lot of just good old common sense SEO noted here. Mm-hmm. The next one over, though, top 50 pack slash carousel factors. What gets you over there on that side pack? You know, what will make you come up in a, in a much more prominent place on the user's screen? You know what I found funny about that list is there's actually 86. So I think he was starting with 50 and then just, just ran with it. <laughs> oh, one sec. Does it actually say top 50? It, it does say top 50. It does. It's up to 86. <laughs> he moves on to another list, negative ranking factors. 
This is stuff that's going to screw you up. Definitely worth a look a look at. The list I like the most, top 30 difference-making factors in competitive markets. Are you, you know what? And, and, okay. and there we go. The consistency of structured citations. There we are. There's where it's mentioned. Critically important because this is... It strikes me, the first one, because it's the instruction citation. Domain authority of website. Quality and authority of inbound links to the domain. Quality and authority of structured citations. The first four of them are all about consistency, quality, and, you know, obviously, you know, showing that you're an authority or highly relevant to the, t- to the topic. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so, you want to make a difference? Be competent. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Well said. Um, Ten factors experts are focusing on more since the Snack Pack rollout. So since uh, since Google introduced the Snack Pack, this is ten factors that um, a panoply of search experts are concentrating on. Mm-hmm. And they also give ten factors that those same experts are focusing on less since the Snack Pack rollout. Um, I wasn't part of the interview with David Mim, but I hope you thanked him a million times. I'm sure I did, and I thanked him after for it. That was, a, that was, it was great of him. Well, he's... And now uh, the poor guy, we got to drag him back on again. Well, he said he'd come back, didn't he? He did. I thought he might. <laughs> um, David's a great guy. I've, 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 You've known him for years. He's been a member of the Webmaster Radio family for as long as we've been members of the Webmaster Radio family. Um, And this is exactly what good people in the industry do. They publish their results for other people to learn from. Yeah. So, on you, Dave. And anyone who wants to brush up on local search, especially you mobilistas, read this article. 2015 Local Search Ranking Factors by David Mim. It's over at moz.com, and it is, uh, yeah, it's it's a must-read. So what else do we got? We have, a, we have a few minutes before we got to take our next break. Here's one that came up in Search Engine Roundtable. Well, actually, it came up quite a while ago. I don't know why it's coming up in my RSS feed today, but this, well, now that I've mentioned it, I may as well mention it, huh? <laughs> it's almost a month old, but apparently... Just, you know, in case you were wondering, Google only follows links off of 200 status code pages that are, you know, showing a 200 status code or an all okay. And that kind of makes sense. Well, there was the question of whether Google would, how Google considers a soft 404, Mm because a soft 404 is kind of like a 200, a 200 okay that ends up not having anything on it Mm -hmm. or not having the, 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 material that Google was looking for on it. Right. Um, so Google might consider that a 200, follow the links, and then, you know, designate it as soft 404. But anyway, according to uh, John Mueller, just so you know, uh, Google only discovers links on pages from 200 status codes. But that brings up another thing, talking about links and how Google discovers content and stuff like that. Did you see the piece the other day that suggested page page rank sculpting might be back? Ah. <laughs> it's funny. I was just digging it up to, to post it into our chat just to make sure you had seen it. So, um, yeah, sure have. If you got if you have the link, I haven't. I don't have it in front of me. I'd love to. Uh, there we go. 
Yeah, for our listeners who obviously can't read it, I've dropped it into our uh, into our chat, Jim. Um, a search quality senior strategist at Google answered a question. Um, the question was if yes. there's a page with three links, two do, two do follow, one no follow, what page rank will pass? Um, back in 2009, uh, Matt Cutts talked about it. I, I'm sure you, I think you were there, Jim, and SMX Advanced. It was announced um, that at that point it was basically page rank evaporation. So, you know, your page would have a weight. You have 10 links on it. Um, you know, five of those are no followed. It didn't pass 20% of the weight to the remaining five. It actually just bailed half of the right. half the page weight and, and passed the other on. Anyways, now he's responded basically going, you're looking at 50. About uh, Like there's there's a little more to it than that, but let's, let's Coles notes it. Um, so uh, at the end of the day, um, does that mean we can go back to, or, or should we go back to page rank sculpting for our listeners who don't know it, because you might have entered the industry since that was a common practice. That's the idea of no following links to specific pages on your site to make sure more weight's going to your products or um, pages that you would target with keywords. Um, you know, I'm sure you're in, in this boat. I'm in this boat. Do you, you don't chase trends. You've done this. You know, you've oh. been in the industry long enough to not... Um, I tend not to chase trends. Um, when I look at, at stuff like this, I'm like, you know what? No follow the links that you don't want followed. Yeah. <laughs> and do follow the ones that you do want followed. Um, you know, chase a trend like this. It'll be different in a year. And then you got to redevelop everything. So, Moreover, the engineer uh, himself might not be right. Well, there's that. <laughs> page rank page rank is a whole is a panoply of of uh of calculations it's not as simple as dividing it into fractions or integers and figuring out what goes where there's a number of factors involved in every link including including factors that you can't possibly know yourself there's a number of on page factors that will affect what Google thinks of links on a page mm-hmm to suggest one-third or one-half, based, again, on the example where you got three links, two of them do not have a no-follow tag, one of them does. Um, I, I, you know, I never believed in, in, in uh, following page rank evaporation. It's never... I don't think it's wise to put a whole lot of links on, on an index page of a website, but that's because we want to make sure that Google has a clear path to good categories and knows... You know what knows what information because you want a strong information hierarchy with uh, with Google. Google has to know what information fits under what category to best you know relate it to search queries that may or may not be being entered by um, you know your 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 potential search, your potential visitor from a search engine. <laughs> well, and and one of the wonderful things here, and and more and more, it's it's all tying together. You also shouldn't be giving your user 500 options. <laughs> like, oh. They're not going to find their way through that mess, and they won't even try. So um, it, it's wonderful that all of this is tying together much better. And, and you know, I'm sure – I know you remember, like, 99, 2000, two, early 2000s. Um, you know, you couldn't always care as much about your user if you wanted to rank. Mm-hmm. Uh, the say Google's done a, a decent job there of – um, at least on forcing webmasters, we can debate whether they've done a great job on their own site <laughs> and with some of the the way their search results are displaying. Um, but from what they're making webmasters do, 
Um, I think they've done a much better job of pulling us away from things. Um, and you bring 100% uh, to the point, and I think valid for our listeners whenever somebody from Google says something. I don't Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. We don't break. I don't think we're on break just yet, Dave. All right. <laughs> no, we're still here. Um, hi, Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, well, I'm, you, you were saying just because an um, engineer at Google says it. it just because an engineer at Google says it, you bring up an important point to always remember is they can't say everything. They might be wrong because they're humans. Um, take it with a grain of salt and also listen for what they're not saying, not just what they are saying. Yeah, and you know, it's nothing on any engineer at Google. Like maybe they're right about their area of responsibility, or maybe they're absolutely right about the uh, about. This, this this pronouncement on what appears to be page rank evaporation. But for, you know, SEOs and webmasters out there, before you start following yourself down, following this arcane road, let, let, let me save you some trouble. Grab yourself by the top knot on the top of your head and just bang it against the desk <laughs> as hard as you can. That's exactly what you're going to get if you go down this rabbit hole. <laughs> uh, you have done it before. Um. <laughs> well, and you know what? As it turns out, there's a hell of a lot of thought that I think could have been applied to more successful areas of um, of my clients. Uh, you know, you know what I mean? I wasted my clients' time doing it. Yeah, only oh, we all we've all done that, and sometimes it was the right call. Sometimes it wasn't. Um, it's all that uh, that all of us can do, and uh, sometimes it's our own sites, and and those are the great ones where you can go. Well, I just wasted a month of my time well at least it's my time <laughs> yep okay speaking of time we're on uh we're actually on webmaster radio time right now and it's time to make a little bit of money because that's what keeps uh keeps everything flowing here on on webcology and webmaster radio money we love it anyway we're gonna take a break um we're uh, on behalf of dave davies from beanstalk Search marketing. This is being talking to marketing. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You're listening to Webcology on Webmaster Radio on the 24th of September, 2015. Back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics. You've seen other SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PVC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. 
Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. I just want to uh, make it clear for listeners that the slogan... Trust Orange to get you into the black was so not sponsored by Canada's NDP. It it, it wasn't at all. Just wanted to make that clear. <laughs> Thanks for the clarity, Jim. Hey, no worries. We have our priorities straight on this show. <laughs> and studios, Matt. Um, okay, that's actually from you. That's a patent came up. Oh yeah, I just had to fire that one in there. Whether we're what's gonna, this uh, one about? Chat about uh, what's Google doing this time? Um, it, it's targeting at uh, travel, so this is this is interesting, or, or I guess not necessarily just travel, but stuff when you're out and about. It involves a wearable device uh, from the patent itself. Seems to expand a little bit into, um, you know, if your portable device with your phone <laughs> like would would be fine, um, and, and so that's included. Um, but basically, it's the idea of presenting a first segment of information. So, say a map, you know, different information about say, a business or, or a location, and then based on your attention span, um, crafting that information, so subsequent information that's presented, i.e. subsequent searches after that, um, are catered to your attention span. So the, 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 the core idea is um, the less you like to know, the less they're going to give you. So we're, But if you start looking at or concentrating on the information, they'll feed you more. Right. I, I, I gather from it. It's it's not discussed here. I gather from it. Um, it's to differentiate, and, and I think this is actually a pretty decent idea, um, to differentiate me when I am doing a search for, say, a restaurant in Victoria, or I'm just looking for its location. Like, what do I do when I'm just, I'm looking for a place to eat and I'm in a foreign city? Um, versus what do I do when I might be looking up something in a foreign city but where I want more information on it? Um, you know, maybe be a restaurant and I'm looking to buy somebody a gift certificate at it or whatnot, right? So I, I gather from it, it's a, like from, from the patent itself, or I'm extrapolating what I think they're trying to do, which is create two sort of versions of me, one of which they can now customize and cater to a, a shortened um, engagement um, while providing the first touch or what they were sort of referring to as the first set of data, the more full um, data um, when they they gather that what I'm looking for is is more in-depth uh, information. So using the location, which is why it needs to be wearable, you would know if I'm looking up a burger joint in Victoria where I am um, or, you know, if I'm looking up a restaurant in, you know, Dallas, clearly I'm probably going to want more information. Well, not only does it, does it, I mean, it have to be wearable, but I mean, think about Think about Google and Google engineers thinking through and writing patents. It's not necessarily for something that they wish to introduce immediately. It might be some, for a part of a device that Google's working on that'll be introduced a year or two years from now or yeah. five years from now. 
what I see that's interesting in here, I mean, imagine and say you're wearing a wearable set of uh, Google glasses that doesn't make you look like a douchebag. <laughs> Good luck finding them, but awesome. <laughs> and, um, or, you know, maybe you have, maybe you have your, like an, an Apple or Google Watch or, you know, an Android device in your pocket. This is about um, almost like predictive behavioral uh, uh satisfying your information needs. And I'm, I haven't actually read through this patent. There's like uh, 22 short form points and then a whole long list of description. <laughs> but from you know what, 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 what you told me, what I've read skimmed quickly, it seems to me that Google's trying to sense your immediate interest and then just start feeding you all the information you want, which you know leads them to commercial opportunities. Say there's a uh, Groupon opportunity, and Google's got to deal with Groupon. Should Groupon actually exist when this thing really gets rolled out? Um, <laughs> that's a story for another day, but boy, they're in trouble. Yep. Um, it's, again, this strikes me as, you know, Google for a device that isn't actually on the market yet. I don't know how useful this would be on my phone unless it's almost like an automatic forward button. You know? It is. Um, one of the, the applications I can see uh, for, for immediate deployment, and, and worth noting, and I'll, I'll note this for our, our listeners' sake, um, this patent was just published um, on the 17th of, of September. Um, it took me, well, I wasn't able to do a show last week, or but I still wouldn't have been able to cover it because I hadn't read it at that, at that stage of the game. Um, however, it was filed on March 17th. So important for our listeners that when we're talking about patents, their publication date is usually a, a year or so after that because they need to be vetted. Um, but one of the immediate applications I can see for this, um, understanding my behavior is I'm already, like I'll already get an alert on my Android phone when, say, my plane is delayed. Happened to me last flight I took, right? I was at the airport and it's like, okay, time change. And I'm like, okay, well, time change. Okay, so now you know I got a couple hours to kill. Now you can start adjusting how I'm feeding data, like how I'm, I'm looking for data, right? As I start to adjust uh, my search, maybe I've got, eight hours and I'm, I'm interested in, you know, okay, what's around here uh, kind of stuff where you'd probably give me more elaborate information or maybe I've got an hour and a half, um, you know, shrink down that information because, you know, I'm just looking for a bite to eat while I kill time waiting for the, for the plane, right? So there's, there's a few different applications I can see short form, uh, but long-term uh, prospects, I think you're right, as more and more devices are rolling out, that's really when they, when they hit the ground. Um, that's really cool. I, I love, you know, it's huge tech school, you know, when, trying to imagine where the tech behemoth might be taking their users in the future is really good for, you know, try, is, is good for marketers trying to figure out what to do with clients in the near future or how, what to advise clients to look for in the near future. Yeah. So, you know, you, I love that and followers. Thank you very much. <laughs> Well, you know what? I actually have to give my hat tip to Bill, who first got me interested. Oh, sorry, Bill Slosky, for our listeners who may not know. And uh, SEO by the Seat, highly recommended reading for anybody who's interested in patents and the future of search. Well, indeed, or an understanding of patent that might be affecting what's happening in search today. Uh, Bill Slosky is the industry go-to guy Definitely. for understanding what's written into those patents. Here's one that I found funny. Again, this comes up in Search Engine Roundtable. Uh, it's from a uh, Webmaster World forum. Um, apparently, a uh, 
a former Googler, uh, Pedro Diaz, a former spam fighter, uh, wrote that he has mixed feelings about an announcement Google made. Uh, Google recently said that if you're a repeat spammer, you know you're known to be you're known to be a bad character. It may take further action, and or it might be more difficult for you to be successful in reversing a penalty. It might take more. It might take action without warning. You know, it's just not going to tell people anymore. It's just going to yank them, and it's going to be a heck of a lot harder for repeat offenders because you know Google knows who you are, right? To you know, get their get their their rankings or their sites back. Um. Apparently, according to Pedro Diaz, for the last couple of years, Google didn't actually need to issue warnings. It had more than enough power, more than enough heft to just go ahead and yank the sites of the spammers. Google you know, was trying to you know, be, play both sides of the field, according mm-hmm. to Diaz. And he really, you know, just they Shouldn't have done that. What do you think? <laughs> well, I I have a hard time with this. It's it's like um, you know you have a, a repeat offender. Let's just say in society, I don't know, they steal a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and and they're a repeat offender. Do I think that the penalty for that human uh, should be greater each subsequent time they do it? Well, of course I do. Right? Like that's just common sense, right? I mean, you might let the person, you know, get off with just a warning the first time. Next time, you know, there's some jail time involved. You know, third time it gets a little, like, this is what, this is how penalties work. Um, And then to to have a problem with them going, you know what, if you keep doing it, (laughs) you know, we're going to just have to be more severe with you. Um, It doesn't say they're banned. It just says it'll be a lot harder for them to get back. Right. And and good. Because if you're doing it repeatedly, then you probably don't deserve... I, I think we can all see the common sense here. Why would they possibly trust you? This isn't even Google being evil. This is just, let's just consider it a trust signal and move on. Yep. <laughs> and trust and authority is everything with Google right now. Um, I'm so glad. I mean, we, Dave, you and, I, you and I both really cut our teeth in the industry at the time of Florida. Yeah. And that may have been the most advantageous time to do it. Because that's when we learned about, you know, just how much information Google was keeping about websites, and it was such a revelation at that time. It's oh, just yeah. been ingrained in my head that no matter what you do, there's a trail back to it, and Google somehow knows and, you know, relates it to the domain. And that sticks with the domain forever, no matter who owns the domain and what website's up there. Yeah. Oh, no, it doesn't. It just makes sense. What I think is, is making people a little more curious is it's almost following your site as a human, right, rather than um, looking at specific strategies. It's basically going, do I trust this site, not do I trust this specific element or this specific strategy on a site for right now? Um, you know, who's it going to impact? Repeat offenders, right? Do I mind them? disappear i mean i say it'll impact repeat offenders let's be honest the worst of them are just flipping domains right like that's you know that's that's the way of it <laughs> i mean i i did affiliate marketing for years yes you just okay well that one's burnt to the ground let's salt the earth and move on um you know but 
Um, I do feel sorry. The the only part of this that I actually feel sorry for um, is if um, negative SEO through uh, you know link buying. We you know all kind of know about that. The you know purchasing bad links for one of your competitors um, on mass. Mm-hmm. If that continues on, you know, I, I think that's where Google may get into trouble because I can make it harder and harder and harder for that competitor. Um, Although I should have noted earlier, this applies to manual penalties only. Um, uh, uh, if there's a whole run of links or really spammy links, assumably that'll be an algorithmic penalty eventually, right? Like if they right. ever get around to penguinizing again. Yeah. Okay, we got a couple of minutes left. I got two numbers to throw at you. Choose one or the other, okay? All right. 3.5 or 41? Okay, I got to go 3.5. Okay, 3.5 for all of our uh, American listeners, especially those on uh, the Eastern Seaboard, especially those living in New York. That's the number of games that the Yankees are back of the Blue Jays now, eh? <laughs> yeah. I'm feeling, it's feeling a lot like Christmas, dude. <laughs> I can only I just imagine. Had to mention that. You know what? I am normal. I I've never been more excited for a Toronto team than I am right now. Yeah. Okay. You know what? I, I'm lying. Ninety three. I was, but it's been since then. The other number forty one, and the only reason I'm mentioning it is because we're actually out of stories. We went through. We went through time fast. We went through stories. Forty one percent, according to uh, according to CNN. I'm sorry, Bloomberg. Bloomberg News. Forty one percent of Americans support building a wall on the Canadian border. Okay, that's kind of funny. I hope they leave, like, holes for us to put the wires through so we can keep, like, telling them how to run their internet, eh? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Something worth uh, checking. I know know we're going to be getting the hook music in just about a minute. Um, Something for listeners to uh, pay attention to, head over to Google Webmaster Central. Um, There's an interesting interview with John Mueller. Um, what's interesting to me is that he talks about uh, schema and it actually becoming, at least you can extrapolate that, uh, a more official um, signal that they're using. I, um, not now, I, I want to talk about that today. You're absolutely right. That's an important to listen to. Wonderful. And uh, But I guess I, you can probably take us out. I, I think they've been kind and, and let us go for an extra couple minutes. <laughs> oh, no, it's just, it's just Hannah's not as mean as Brasco. Brasco would just, like, punch that switch without warning. He'd just, like, here, God, guys, you're out of here. Yeah. So let's abuse Hannah now and just keep talking. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, indeed. Like, you know, she'll have to do it eventually. I know she doesn't want to. Okay, no, we shouldn't do that because that's very mean because it's Hannah's first it's Hannah's first day producing live shows. And thank you so much. Like, seriously. Um, and Brasco, too. I know that you're in that studio there somewhere. Thank you, too, bro. Friends, you've been listening to the first web, live webcology in like a couple of weeks and there'll be another live webcology next week. Promise you, we will be here. Um... A little bit of housekeeping. Hi to Ty. Hi to Shoshona. I promise you'd say hi to both. Um, on behalf of Dave Davis from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Andrew Digital. Always been this has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest. September 2015, we'll be talking to you next week. A presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs. On demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. 
any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited.